There is a very common travel expression, which is to get itchy feet. To get itchy feet. Have you ever heard that before? If you listen to the end of this podcast, I'll tell you what it means. Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners, and welcome back to another episode, episode three. Okay, so I want to start by saying thank you to everyone for stopping by and supporting my podcast.、Uh, I've had quite a lot of people watch the first two episodes already, and I'm very happy about that. So thank you for your support. I really, really appreciate it. So let's get into the topic for today. So earlier, well, I suppose it was last month. Now in April, I went on a two-week holiday in Europe, and it was. Really good, but it got me thinking about traveling and using English when you travel. So I've prepared a podcast idea today that could help you prepare for a, a trip, and this can be a trip in England, in the UK, it can be in any English-speaking country, or any country in the world, because of course English. Is useful when you go anywhere if you don't know the language, of course. So today I'm going to be talking about advice that will help you in the UK or any country. So both apply. So let's start by first saying why learning the language of the country you're visiting is a good idea. So of course many people will not have the time to learn the whole language for a one-week holiday. Of course, that's kind of ridiculous, but I do think it's a good idea to pick up some basic phrases at least. So let's first talk about coming to the UK. So for me, of course, I don't need to learn English to travel. So I can tell you about my experience in other countries. So I've had some great times experimenting with language in other countries.、Um, recently, I went to Croatia, and There, most people have very good English, but just for fun, I decided to try and learn the language for a couple months. So I learned some basic phrases, some sentences, you know, the basic stuff like "How do you say this?" or "I don't speak much Croatian." And there were a few people who I met who didn't speak any English, not a word. So in those cases, I was very happy. To know a little bit of the language, so I could hear some words. For example, hotel room, airport, left, right—those kind of very useful things that you might need to know. But the most rewarding part of the experience is when you try to say something in their language, and you can see the smile on their face, and it's such a good feeling because people always appreciate it when you take the time. To learn their language, and that goes for any country you go to. The best experience I had with this was when I went to Hong Kong a few years ago, and I was learning Cantonese at the time. And when I would speak to people, even just say hello, everyone would go, "Whoa, whoa! Your Cantonese is so good." Maybe they weren't quite 
telling the truth. It's just one word, but it's a good feeling anyway. And it opens up new potential for conversation and even friendships, maybe. I do think, however, that if you're learning English, you're actually quite lucky because you can use English in any country you go to. So I'll tell you what I mean. If, if I, for example, go to France and I speak to people in English, quite often they will not be too happy at me. They will think, I'm lazy. Why don't I bother to learn any French? Things like that. But because you are not an English native speaker, I think you can get away with it. If you're not from France and you go to France and you try to speak English, they will understand that English is not your first language and they can relate to that because they are in the same situation. So I think people will be much more forgiving uh, if you use English. Whereas for me, I always feel a bit guilty because I want to make an effort to learn their language. So we've already spoken about one reason why your travel experience will change, it will improve if you learn some of the language. There are many more reasons too. So we spoke about meeting people, making friends. It's great for learning about the culture. You can learn a little bit more about the way of life where you are. You can learn a bit more about the history. For example, if you go to museums or even asking people, it can help you in simple situations like understanding the menu in a restaurant rather than just picking something at random. It can, of course, help avoid misunderstandings, and that can include on public transport, so you won't end up going the wrong way, and many things like that. So I think it's always a great idea. But, you know, since you're here, I'm sure you want to learn English anyway. You know the benefits. So let's get into some practical advice. So a good piece of advice if you're coming to England or any English-speaking country is to learn some basic sentence structures. You can use these structures to change them, add in your own words, and you can, you can say quite a lot with these. It will take you very far. So, for example, you could start with the structure, is there anything you'd recommend? Dot, dot, dot. So, you could finish that sentence with doing, eating, or is there anywhere you would recommend going? So there's that structure. It's very useful if you want to make a conversation with a native in that country. And in this sentence, we say you would. Is there anything you would recommend? So that would maybe is a bit confusing if you translate it into your language. But it basically is there for politeness. It's less direct. And you know, in England, being polite is very important. Another structure you can use is I have no idea, which really means I don't know at all. I really don't know. So you could say, I have no idea where I am. I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what food to order. So it's a really useful expression that tells someone you are completely clueless. You really need their help. And that's a, a very casual expression too. Uh, my final tip about talking to people in the UK is to talk about the weather. 
Of course, we always talk about the weather. So if it's a little bit hot, maybe you know above twenty degrees, you could say it's boiling today, isn't it? It's boiling today. If it's the opposite, maybe it's below five degrees Celsius. You could say, "Ooh, it's freezing! It's freezing." So maybe you could tell British people love exaggerating. So five degrees is not so cold, but we will. Act as if we're freezing. So those are two words you can use. But of course, I haven't spoken about the rain. So hopefully, if you come to the UK, you will not get any rain. Hopefully, maybe try come in the summer. But if you do, there's two expressions you can use, and that is it's tipping it down. So if the rain is very heavy, very very heavy rain, you can say. It's tipping it down. If the rain is a bit lighter, and it's kind of landing on you gently, you can say it is drizzling. Or, as an adjective, it's a bit drizzly. So these are very good expressions you can say to strangers, to people in a restaurant, anyone you want, and you'll say, "Oh, it's boiling today, isn't it?" And they might reply with, "Yeah, it's great." It's little things like that that are good for starting conversations with with new people. One thing I would also suggest is maybe before your trip, you could have one or two lessons with a, a teacher, an English teacher, or a teacher from the country you're going to, and they can help you with any mistakes or serious pronunciation issues you have before the trip. So that's quite an inexpensive way to help brush up on your English before you leave. One mistake I see many people making when they are learning a language to to travel is that they're learning kind of useless language. So maybe you're studying like a list of vocabulary that's called travel phrases or something, but a lot of them do not relate to you. So, for example, maybe you are learning. Different names of meat. You're learning how to say lamb, pork, chicken, but you're vegetarian, so it doesn't make too much sense to practice those names too much. So what I would suggest is thinking about what you would like to do when you go on holiday. Think about the activities. Do you want to go to lots of Indian restaurants? Do you want to go cycling or Skydiving or hiking. Think about what you want to do, and maybe research some websites. So visit the websites of the activities you want to try, and read about it in English. And then you can study the language directly on that website. So the language that you're learning will be directly applicable to what you want to do on holiday. I think that would be a great idea. The last piece of practical advice that I would like to give you on language is, of course, British politeness. So this will change depending on what English-speaking country you're in, but in the UK, it's very important to be indirect. So rather than saying "open the window," you might say something like, "Please 
would you mind opening the window? So make it longer. This can be quite difficult, uh, especially for beginners. It's a lot of words, modal verbs to remember, that kind of stuff. But there are some basic phrases you can remember. So firstly, the difference between I would like and I want. Generally, avoid saying I want to other people. So say I want when you're talking about yourself. Like, oh, I want to go to bed or I want to go back home. But you're talking to yourself. But if you're asking other people for something, say I would like. It's much, much more polite. For example, I would like a coffee, please. I would like a bedroom with a big window. So more useful phrases that you can use to ask people for help is please could I have. So you could say please could I have a sandwich. Please could I have a discount maybe. So you could say could, can or may. These are all very similar. In order from least polite to most polite, go can. Can is not bad, but it's not super polite. Could is the most common. It's a bit more polite. And may is really polite. So you could say, please may I have. So if you want to be super polite, you could try saying that. Another one you could try is, would you mind if? So that you're giving them the option of helping you. You're not forcing them to help you. So here are some examples. Would you mind if I turned down the heating? Would you mind if I smoked in here? And finally, always say please, sorry, and thank you. (laughs) So it's very difficult to say this too much, actually. So whenever you're asking something, say please. Whenever someone does something for you, say thank you. And we always say sorry. Even if you're not really sorry, you can say it all the time. You can say it, sorry can mean I didn't hear you. Like, sorry, can you repeat that? Sorry can mean excuse me. Like, sorry, I'm late for my train, let me through. Or even if someone bumps into you on the road and they walk into you, you might want to say sorry, even though it's their fault. But that's very common in the UK. The really good thing about travel is that you can make a fool of yourself and no one will see you again. It's great. It's really good. So you can embarrass yourself. You can say the wrong words. You can mess up your grammar. Maybe you'll feel really embarrassed. But when you go home, you will never see these people again. So travel is a great opportunity to practice your language to get outside of your comfort zone and see how far you can take it. You could even try asking people questions, even when you know the answer. Maybe you know where the park is, but you want to practice your English. So you could ask someone, excuse me, do you know where the park is? Because to be honest, we don't need to ask people many things anymore. You can use your smartphone for everything, for maps and questions and information but you can still ask people just for fun 
And I've got a story to share with you in a minute. But I want to share one more piece of advice for traveling to the UK specifically. So, of course, many people will travel to London, which I recommend. London is a very nice city if you have some time to explore it. But it's really a good idea, in my opinion, to travel outside of London. So visit the countryside. You can visit Cornwall, which is my home county, right in the south of England. You can visit the Scottish Highlands and the beautiful mountains and the countryside. Uh, you could try visiting Wales or Ireland as well. There's so many beautiful places in rural England that I would highly recommend visiting if you get the chance. As I often like to do, I want to end the podcast today with a possible problem that you might encounter or you might experience. So when you're studying at home, in your room, on your computer, maybe you feel quite confident with your English. You know a lot of grammar. Maybe you've even tried speaking to people online and you feel confident. But when you actually go to an English-speaking country for the first time, many people will feel quite discouraged. They will realise their English isn't as good as they thought. And this is a very normal thing to happen. When you're in your comfort zone at home, your mind can think very clearly and you have a lot of time to think about what you know. But when you're in the real world and you're talking to people who maybe they're not so patient because they don't know what it's like to learn a language. So when you're in that situation, it's really difficult to think about the right grammar and the words and vocabulary you've studied before. But don't get discouraged. It's just a temporary setback. It's very normal. Um, for example, in 2016... I went to Japan for the first time and I had studied Japanese for six years before that and I felt very confident in my ability when I was at home and when I got to Japan I started speaking to people I couldn't say anything it was so embarrassing and I realized I hadn't spent enough time practicing in the real world and, and I think I'll come back to this story in a future episode I think it's a good one to talk about. But yeah, I think I will leave it there for today. We've been about 20 minutes. So if you are planning to go to the UK soon or you're planning any holiday soon, let me know where you're going. I'd love to hear your travel plans. And also let me know if you're doing anything to prepare your language for that trip. Hopefully you found some interesting tips or advice in this podcast. And thank you once again very much for listening. I will see you next week for the fourth episode of the English with Michael podcast. Thank you and bye-bye. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.com dot school forward slash podcast that's levelupenglish.school slash podcast and I'll answer your question on a future episode 
Thanks for listening. At the beginning of the show, I asked about the expression itchy feet. So if you have itchy feet, it means that you really want to travel somewhere, that you can't keep your feet still. So you're not happy and content staying in the same place. It's a very good travel expression. So do you have itchy feet or are you quite happy staying at home where you are?